Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 215, sweetie. And in case you don't know what Zen Parenting Radio is, Zen Parenting is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you, sweetie. Yep. And always remember that our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So topics of the show. You ready? Yes. Uh, Resilience? Yes. Um, We're going to talk about Cindy Crawford? Yes. Uh, We're going to talk about money? Yep. Love that enthusiasm out of you, sweetie. Um, We have a few reviews that I'm going to read off. That's great. So let me first start with some nice reviews. Okay. Um, Some guy named Patrick in Atlanta, sweetie. Atlanta. Atlanta. Hotlanta. Hotlanta. I've only been a father for three years, but ZPR has helped me think through countless aspects of how we are raising our kids, as well as how how we as parents can help each other. He gave us five stars. Thank you. And then the second one is changed my parenting perspective. And I couldn't say who it's by because it's not a word. It's a bunch of letters. Yeah. But they go on to say there aren't enough stars for this husband and wife duo. You know, someone just uh, tweeted me yesterday or the day before saying thank you so much for the podcast. She tweeted me at Self Aware Parent, mm-hmm. but you can also tweet us at Zen Parenting. Right. Um, it's just Zen Parenting, not Zen Parenting Radio. Correct, Todd? Our uh, tweet at Zen Twitter, Parenting. At Zen Parenting. But she tweeted me at Self Aware Parent and just said thank you. She lives in London and she listens to our podcast when she as she drives. Um, if I had a good English accent, I would do it right now. But it'd probably turn out sounding like something not English. My friends that I used to and sometimes still get drunk with, we used to play these games where you had to speak in a certain accent uh-huh. and they knew I was really bad at it uh-huh. and they would play it specifically to hurt my feelings. Yes, because you couldn't play. I didn't have m- many accents to throw out there. You didn't have a lot of skill. Jamaica man, digit, irie, irie. And then I had my Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. But other than that, like, they'd tell me to do a French accent, and I wouldn't Well, what's an do. Arnold? Sh- you mean, like... I won't do it. Oh. Yeah, in this one, you did not, yeah. But that's from a movie. All they need is food, for God's sakes. So? That's a movie quote. You're a movie quote. Well, that's not really due to that. So one thing that our listeners can do to help us out is uh, go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, and subscribe to our show. Because what happens is you'll get an email... Every time we have a new show or a new blog or anything else. So I, I don't think I share that enough. Yeah. So that's one thing you can do. And then you could also give us um, some reviews. I, some reviews on iTunes because that helps us as well. And the other thing is somebody who uh, – actually a friend of ours who uh, – I can't remember where she was. Maybe she was our Irish friend or I don't know, our English friend. But she was asking, I don't – I'm not on iTunes. How do I give you guys a review? Um, you can go to our Facebook page and write a review on our page too. True. That's That's – you know, there's – If you can't do iTunes, then you can do that. Exactly. But iTunes is much more valuable. Absolutely. And um, we always will share on this show. If you're like, I can't do any of those things, just email us and tell us and we'll, we'll say it. So our first partner is John. John J. Kelly, he does comprehensive dentistry in the, on the northwest side of Chicago. He's working on all three of our daughters right now and has a wonderful way of going about it. He's an expert in the field, and we encourage you to check him out. That's chicagodentistonline.com, and the number is 773-631-6844. Um, so uh, one quick promotional thing is we have The Mask You Live In coming up 
on March what? March 11th. It's Wednesday, March 11th. If you want to get tickets, you should go to kathyseadams.com and click on events or zenparentingradio.com and click on events. It's at York Theater in Elmhurst, and you can't get tickets at York Theater. You have to get it through our website because it is our, we are, we are the ones showing this film. I thought you were going to say we are the world. We are that, too. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. That's right. So just go there and get your tickets. And actually, we just had a huge, I don't know why, but surge. a surge. Um, and Todd and I, even though the theater is a certain size, we, we don't really want to sell out every single ticket because we want to make sure people can sit and be comfortable and, you know, whatever. We're, we're going to sell We're going to cut it off. We're probably not going to make you sit in the front row, but maybe the second yeah, row. There's a few rows we should probably not. But anyway, it, you know, for those of you, especially my local friends who pass me and say, I'm going to go to that, but you don't have a ticket, I would get one because the clock is tick, yeah, we're, tick, ticking away, sweetie. We're kind of almost getting to a point where you may not be able to get one. So do it. Um, so let's talk about Cindy Crawford. Okay. Where's she from? She's from my hometown, DeKalb, Illinois. And did you know her? No, I didn't. She was a senior when my sister was a freshman, which means I was in seventh grade. So her sister, uh, her younger sister, Danielle, was a friend of mine. She was a year older than me. Um, and, you know, she, they were just a local family. Maybe we, we should get her on the show, sweetie. Well, you I say don't know. That, what, what was, you're a barb? I'm a barb. The DeKalb Barbs. The DeKalb Barbs. We were the DeKalb Barbs because barbed wire was invented. Do you, do you know I, named, I knew a girl at school? Her name was Barb Dwyer. That's, I knew, uh, well, I didn't know her, but there was a girl from my hometown that everyone always talked about. Her name was Candy Barr. And I also had a friend in my class named Jay Walker. Um, and then I didn't know anybody, but what about the parents that named their kid like Dennis Shoe? What? I don't get it. Tennis Shoe. Oh, Dennis. Dennis Shoe or Jim Shoe. <laughs> Jim Shoe. Okay, I've never heard Dennis Shoe. I think that'd be funny. My ultimate frisbee coach, his name was Dave Shue, and he said if he had a, if he ever had a kid, he would name him uh, Dennis, Dennis Shue. Dave Shue sounds like a, a sneeze. Dave Shue. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, so, what about Cindy? So, um, it was very interesting last week. I'm sure many of you saw this because it went viral. A picture of Cindy Crawford showed up on social networking of her in, you know, modeling, a modeling pose, and she was not photoshopped. She wasn't airbrushed, which means that it was her real body, which, again, let me be very clear. Her real body is still phenomenally gorgeous. Like, she's just a completely gorgeous woman. But what it showed was that she she has had two children. Mm-hmm. That she, her body reflects the fact that she has had kids, which anybody who's had kids, that's what, that, what we experience. And there was something very uh, comforting and connecting about it um, for women. I think that I did not see one, well, we'll talk about that in a second, from women, I saw not one negative comment. It was all like, you're gorgeous, thank you. Because so many women work so hard on their bodies, and then they look at a magazine and they'll be like, yeah, but I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the only bad news is, is I did read the next day, I actually have it here in front of me, that the whole thing was that supposedly she did this photo shoot for Marie Claire, which is a magazine, um, and that the it said Cindy Crawford put this photo out so everybody could see this was going to be in Marie Claire. But the truth is, um, it, Marie Claire put out something saying, 
it was, while the claim accompanying the photo is that it would be printed in an upcoming issue of Marie Claire, its origins are actually from a December 2013 cover story from Marie Claire Mexico and Latin America. It appears this unretouched version is a leak. Mm. So this was not put out there by Cindy Crawford. Right. But she hasn't commented on it, right. which I think is 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 almost better. I, I don't know I don't know how people feel about it. I I didn't really necessarily expect anything from her. But she's not out there angry. So the original idea was hey, good for you, Cindy. Thank you for doing that. And now it, it appears that maybe she didn't necessarily choose to have this, but she's not saying, hey, why did you do this either? No, exactly. It's almost like a radio silence. Yeah. Kind of like it's it's out there, it's done, mm-hmm. and no comment. Right. And she and I and I don't even think she's said no comment. Right. I think it's just been nothing. Right. And I, you know, I kind of feel like um I don't have any judgment about anything. All I can say is that I think seeing that picture is very helpful because we as women and young girls, Todd and I have worked with a lot of young girls who are really hard on their body already. We have a false understanding of what our body is supposed to look like. We don't understand that we're all made differently. We're all built differently. This almost starts to sound cliche, Mm -hmm. but it's true. Hear me with different ears when I say this. You're not supposed to have the body of a six foot, you know, model. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not, because that's not you. That's not how you were made. That's not how you were born. And you'll never look like that. But that doesn't mean that that is the ultimate way to look. There are gorgeous body types, no matter what. And you know, the thing is, is once you've had children, your body has to change. And I don't mean that you have to be, it's not about necessarily weight or a scale. It's about that your body has shifted. Yeah. You have, you know, like, um, I think we've talked about this on the show, but my youngest is like enthralled with my stomach. Like she just touches it all the time and wants to, you know, she'll say, oh, it's just so cushy and it's so fluffy and it's so, you know, and she's not trying to slam me. She's not trying to say something negative. She just finds my stomach comforting. And I always say, you lived there. You know, that's why it's like that. And we've talked about it a million times. Sometimes she brings it up so much that I'm like, okay. Got it. it." Message communicated. (laughs) But, you know, the truth is, is that we're so um, hypersensitive to those kind of you know, discussions or those kind of comments from children or from other people. We're so, we, we think that we're somehow flawed in the way that we are and it's how we're supposed to be. Now, one comment I made to Todd as I was looking through. Keep the, talking. I'm going to turn the heater off. Okay. I was looking through the Twitter feed. Todd, the, there's clapping going on right now. Oh, there is? Yes. I think it started to clap because you walked away. Maybe it's clapping because they're happy I turned the heater off. Okay, maybe. But one <laughs> one thing that was bothersome was that I was looking through the Twitter feed after this picture went up. And as I said, all the – I'd say I did not see one woman respond negatively. It was all like, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, Cindy Crawford. And unfortunately, there was dun, a lot of dun, comments dun. from men like, yikes, my dream has been blown, scary – Oh, well, and I'll, I'll play that role for a second. This okay. isn't me, but guys will say, how dare she? That's disgusting. Yes, uh, that kind know, of commentary. All, you know, all these yeah. like caveman-ish attitudes. Yeah. And uh, there's so many different directions I can go with this. One is um, my guess is most <laughs> of those people who make those comments are probably not taking the best care of themselves. Like when they look in the mirror, what yeah. do they you see? You look in the mirror, do you look like, um, who's that real good guy? Ryan Gosling. Right. Now, 
I'm a heterosexual man, but that is a good looking dude, dude right there. Right, for real. So my guess is whoever's commenting on that does not look like Ryan Gosling. Although if the guy who's commenting decided to eat vegetables and work out as much as Ryan Gosling does, he might have that body. Maybe. So so it's like a glass houses thing, like, you know, dude, unless you're walking the walk, don't talk the talk. Now, second thing is you women have a complete upheaval of your body when you birth children. Right. I mean, it's so... Well, it it just changes. It changes everything. And you are in a position where it's it's much more challenging for you guys to get your body back from this change as us guys who really don't endure the same changes you guys do. So I, once again, get triggered at people who are taking pot shots. You know, there's so many of them out there. Right. And we try on this show not to even give them that attention. Right. But in this case, I'm going to make an exception and say, dude, just stop it. Well, and they are being shown a false image of women just like little girls. And, you know, they look at maybe their... They look at women and think, oh, they should look like that. They should look perfect. And that's not reality. It's not. And, you know, your daughters are a victim of that kind of this thinking. perception. Yeah. And it so easily can be translated into self-hatred, self-loathing. self-loathing. Yeah. So because you're making comments like that and because you are buying into that system, you're actually putting your wife, your mom, your aunt, your niece, your daughters in a position to hate themselves because you're subscribing to this idea that this is what girls are supposed to look like idealization. Yes, you know, instead of and again, there are women out there who it is be it is their work, but it is their but job. Even those ones still get touched up. Well, not only do they get touched up, but one thing that I always tell the girl, the younger girls that we work with, is the um, the rate of depression is significantly high with models. The rate of self-loathing and self-depreciation is significantly high with models. I don't have the statistics and in front of me And we know why anymore. that is. Why is that? Because they're constantly competing and comparing themselves to a, an unrealistic Their value expectation is derived on their based upon how they look. Yeah. And if you are a human being, your looks are going to evolve. You're like a flower that gets old and yeah. wrinkly. We're right. all, God, I hope I get old. And wrinkly flower. I hope I get old and wrinkly. Right. But. Right. They don't find the, a lot of times. It's extrinsic. When it is. When, when your whole lifestyle and your, and your uh, what am I trying to say? Your livelihood is based on your external. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to embrace change. Now, the beautiful thing about Cindy Crawford is from day one, I mean, just I'm sure you guys know this history, but she was valedictorian of her class at DeKalb High School. Ms. Very Smart, smart girl. Marty Pants. And she also ended up going to Northwestern for a year and had to make a decision between. I think she was in engineering and becoming a model. And she took the opportunity because it's so rare to become a model. But if you anyone has been watching her over the last 20 years, she's had a business. Yeah. She is a franchise. She's I mean, an entrepreneur. I just said she's a franchise. She's not a franchise. She's a entrepreneur. She has gone in so many different directions because she's a smart girl. Mm-hmm. And so – she can, I'm sure, had has had to focus very much so on her looks because she's been a supermodel model her whole life. But that's not where it ends. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also that inside piece, the the intellectual ability, the motherhood ability, the partnership. Well, and I remember, I don't say this much anymore, but I always um, 
observed we had a pastor at our church and he would always say to the girls, wow, I bet you you're really smart in school Mm -hmm. because these girls are so conditioned in hearing how cute they are, are. how pretty they are. Mm -hmm. And he kind of decided that he's going to focus on their intelligence. I bet you're smart too. Yeah, I bet you're really smart. And then there's one guy in our in our presentation that question that like, well, you're telling them they might be smart, but they may not be smart. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> Vaguely. And um, my answer is, well, first of all, what's your definition of smart? Exactly. Maybe they're not smart in school, but maybe they have emotional intelligence. Maybe they have athletic intelligence. Creativity. They maybe they are artistic intelligence. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with telling a girl she's smart because we are all smart. Yes, in a in certain some way. way. So anyways, I just say that story out loud to don't tell your daughters how pretty they are, or you can, but make sure you balance it out with the other stuff too. Absolutely. It's all about balance. You know, anytime someone says, don't say this, don't do that, I always, it's a red flag for me because sometimes there's a natural, you know, like one thing that I've written about and that Todd and I have done a show about is, you know, don't tell your children you're proud of them. Mm-hmm. I use the word proud. I tell my children I'm proud of them sometimes, but I don't make it the end all be all in their lives because I don't want them them to do things and feel good about things just based on the fact that I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel that intrinsic sense of I did something, I accomplished something, I feel good about myself regardless of what the rest of the world is telling me about it. Um, so anyway, I just, I'm glad that um, regardless of how this this uh, picture came out into the world, why it was quote unquote leaked, I think it ended up creating something good. Um, you just talked about, um, you know, telling your kids you're proud of them. We did a whole show on that. It's actually zenparentingradio.com slash 68. So if you're interested in hearing why we thought that it wasn't the best idea to say why you're proud of your children and what you could say instead of. I was just going to say, can I share what you can say instead of? Sure. Um, Is that instead of saying, I'm proud of you, when your child comes home and does well on their test, you can say, wow, how does that feel? Mm -hmm. You give it back to them. It's not yours. Or you could say, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You know, how does that give it, let them enjoy it rather than, wow, now I'm proud of you. Because there's a message in now. You need to uh, meet or exceed my expectations on your school testing in order for me to convey my happiness of who you are. Or now I love you more. Because, and again, I know that that's not really how you feel, but you have to understand with a child's limited understanding, if you are kind of a grumpy person all the time and then they come home with an A and you're just so excited, then the message they're getting is if I do this, then I will get the love that I need. Right. Let's move on. Okay. Um, Our second partner is Dr. Kelly from Tree of Life Chiropractic Care here in Elmhurst. Her phone number is 630-941-8733. Give her a call. She adjusts us uh, twice a month. So she's really good at what she does. And uh, please support us by supporting our partners. Um, So next thing I want to go to is I want to play the – we've been getting these clips from these listeners that uh, have a message. Yeah. Uh, and I forgot to tell you that we're going to talk about this one. So oh. this is from our listener, Sean, okay. who is also, I'm going to pause, let's see, I'm going to open it for a second. Um, he is going to do some video stuff for us. Okay. So he's a listener, but here we go. Listen to Sean talk about. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Todd. This is Sean Boyle, your video producer. And I'd like to share with everyone how my partner has my back. When I started getting into filmmaking, she did everything you expect a great partner to do, being positive and encouraging and patient, and that was wonderful. But what really stood out to me were the contributions I didn't expect or didn't ask for, learning how to operate a camera to help out on a shoot, uh, learning how to edit video 
to help meet a deadline and also being a an honest critic that was speaking from her truth whether it agreed with what I thought was the best way to do it or not it's just very comforting to know that I'm getting an honest opinion from the first person I show something and it makes me a better artist it makes me a better person I can't imagine accomplishing anything I've accomplished and anything I will accomplish without that voice that that first person in my corner on my side disagreeing or agreeing it doesn't matter it's it's her truth and she shares it with me and I'm quite blessed for that thank you guys have a good one so I think that's important. Thank you, Sean. The first half was good, but the second part I think is more interesting in providing honest feedback. Right. Because that's tricky, isn't it? It is. And I think that both parties have to understand what that means because honest feedback, like he, the language that Sean kept using is she speaks her truth. And that's very important because when we are saying things just to appease other people, then our truth is not really involved there. We're just our our sole intention is to make someone else feel good. Sometimes we do that. The little white lies like, oh, you look great today or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not that big of a deal. But when we're doing something that means a lot to us, it really helps to get feedback from somebody else, their deepest thought about it. Now, here's the thing. Someone else's truth may not be your truth, which means that sometimes you take that advice or you really kind of, you know, mull over what someone says to you. And sometimes someone says something to you and you realize that's just their viewpoint and their perspective. And you listen and you respect it and you say thank you, but you may not take the advice. Mm-hmm. So both of those sides are important. Well, and I feel like the reason I think this is tricky is because if, let's say you write a blog uh-huh. and I always err on the side of saying that it was really good. But there are certain times when I will, you know, even your book, I had a few suggestions yeah. for how your book laid yeah. out. And your, helpful. your initial reaction was, I don't know if that works for me. And then a few of them you took and mm-hmm. a few of them you probably didn't. But I don't know. I just feel like this is kind of like sensitive. Wait. Uh you know, how do you navigate through that with your closest partner? Because if it is perceived by the other person as you're not validating what I'm doing, right? it's just tough. Well, it's a very, it's kind of one of those places where you have to have a pretty solid foundation already. Yeah. Are you already being honest with each other? Are you already, you know, as Todd and I say, fighting fair, meaning you have a respect for what each other's weaknesses are and you don't take advantage of them? Do you listen to each other regularly? Do you have a pretty good communication already? If you have that, then asking for someone, asking for your partner's advice is very help can be helpful. If you are very conflictual mm-hmm. already yeah. and you feel unheard and you feel like your partner doesn't get you, then asking for their advice would be tough. This is like an emotional bank account thing. It is. It's total unless emotional you're bank in account. the black, which yes. means that you have a positive balance. There's no way like let's say I traveled for a week uh-huh. and you were doing all the work and I was out golfing with buddies for a week and then all of a sudden you wrote a blog the day I came home and you said, what'd you think? And I had some honest criticism. I don't think I would share that honest, honest criticism in that moment because I don't think you were in a place to hear it and I don't think I'm in a position 
of responsibility that I can give you any honest criticism. Right. And you can give, and and here's the thing is it's all about how it's shared. Like for example, Todd just talking about my book, what he was saying was I had all these chapters and he said, I have a hard time reading a book if chapters aren't sectioned out. He goes, I have a hard time seeing what I want to read unless there's sections. Well, I really don't have a hard time with that. But the more that I took, looked at, at what Todd said and the more I was able to kind of contemplate it, I was like, you know what, if that would help Todd in organizing, why not help everyone in organizing? So it doesn't necessarily mean that my attitude has changed. Like maybe I don't need it, but you kind of get the um, you get the bigger picture why it would help. Now, if Todd came home and said, your ideas in the book don't make sense, or like there were some people who used to read my writing and they'd say, nobody uses the word honor. Yeah. You can't use the word honor. Or that thing you said, that's stupid. See, that's all like I don't know how I would – that's more like critical about your own viewpoint or your own fears. And that really has nothing to – just because you don't use the word honor mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't use the word honor. Right. I, I respect that you don't use it right. and I hear you, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take it out of my writing. Well, what's interesting is when I threw that idea out as far as breaking off your chapters into themes or whatever, I said it to you once and then I kind of maybe explained it and then I let it go. Mm-hmm. And And at the time you're like, no, it doesn't make sense to me. I think a lot of other husbands, or maybe me when I'm having a worse day, I would need to win or prove to you why it's so important. I float it out there. I let you have it. You can either take it or you can throw it away. And I think a lot of uh, partners will keep on going after it. Mm-hmm. Just let them know. And then that's it. Well, and th- we should take this into our children too, because it's the exact same thing. A lot of times our children ask our perspective on something, um, especially as they're getting older, like, well, what would you do? And I will give my two cents. Like, well, I would probably call her and then do blah, blah, blah. And then my children be like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'll be like, okay, like back off immediately, not because I'm afraid or not because I don't think my opinion was valid, but my intention is not to win. Well, sometimes we're led, we're, as human beings, we most often are led by our ego, or maybe not most often, but many times. Yeah, our ego is very and real. we want to win. I need to show you why you need to have these sections in your book. And it's not about me. It's about me communicating an idea and then letting it go. And that that ego that Todd is referring to, that is our that is a lot of times, even though everybody's got it, everyone's got an ego, but a lot of times when it's really strong and loud, it's our own insecurity yeah. because we're we're needing to win to validate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we just feel like if someone doesn't hear us or agree with us, then we are somehow less than. Right. So that is an in that's an insecurity of our own. So the people who scream the loudest are the most insecure. Yeah. They really are. I can say that statement. Kind of very... like those Cindy Crawford critics who yes. are using all the strong language yes. and all that. Like if you're screaming that loud, you probably aren't real confident in what you're saying. It's the reason why people don't like to dive into politics and that kind of thing because it's the extremists who end up getting heard yeah. because they scream and they say the craziest things. Mm-hmm. And so everyone focuses on, oh my gosh, I would never go into politics because everyone's crazy. No, they're not. It's just the people who scream the loudest get the most, they get the stage. Well, it's like when um, we had John Duffy on who wrote a book and I went to a, a talk where there's a hundred men in the room. Yeah. And um, a lot of the criticism, because uh, John Duffy's message is similar to ours, Mm -hmm. and then a few of the men who I honor for showing up at a parenting presentation, there's a hundred of them on a a Monday night, I honor them for um, showing up, but a few of them are like, you know, how did we get so screwed up and 
how did, you know, how, how come kids don't respect their elders and all these kind of messages that you and I kind of address mm-hmm. when we hear it. Mm-hmm. But those are the first guys that raise their hand. Of course. And the rest of us who agree with the speaker are just sitting there quiet. Or have a more gray perspective. Yeah, right. Where we see that sometimes there are certain kids and certain families who don't respect their elders. But to say that kids these days don't respect their elders, this is not true. This is not truth. And we know this not just because of our own experience, but research. Mm -hmm. Like we had Alfie Cohn on this show, and he's he's taken all this research, and he's recognized that people were saying the same thing in 1920 as they are today. 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. And the other thing about that is, let's just say for a a second that these kids truly are different. Who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame the kids? Are you going to blame us adults? Right. Or if let's step away from blame, instead of saying, yeah, throw up my hands, we Mm -hmm. are their parents. So this is the living what you want your kids to learn. What are you demonstrating? Because they are watching how you live. So if you throw up your hands and say, well, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, Mm -hmm. but you're messed up. Well, okay. We, the only way that we can support and help other people is by supporting and helping ourselves. Sweetie, the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self understanding. Parents self understanding. That's right, baby. Um, so, can we move on? Yes. Uh, we didn't plan on talking no. about that for 10 minutes, but I thought it was lively. Yeah, that was, that was good. Lively. Um, what about when one of our daughters said to you <laughs> last week, you said they were mine? Yes, this is great. So Todd, um, I'm so glad Todd wrote down the story. So Valentine's Day, happy late Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, what I got for my girls for Valentine's Day was a, there was this tube of um, Hershey's Kisses with a little rose on top. And I gave them each this tube and I said, this is yours. Mm-hmm. And they were so excited. And, you know, the, the two older ones went to school and brought it to school so they could hand it out to their friends and whatever. My younger uh, daughter left hers at home. She's like, I'm so excited. This is mine. And then later that day, she was upstairs watching something on TV and it was kind of her downtime, her alone time. So I walked in the room and there she is holding the entire tube with wrappers all over the place. And the tube was empty. The tube was empty. And there was two in there. There was two left. And there were wrappers everywhere. And she had chocolate in her mouth. And I stopped and said, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? What, what are you doing with the chocolate? And she turned to me and said, you said they were mine. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had a moment of realizing a seven-year-old's brain that – I did not give any instructions. Mm -hmm. I did not give any expectations. I just said they're yours. In my adult brain, I was thinking when I gave it to my girls, because my olders understood this, this is yours, but, you know, eat it in balance. Yeah. Have, you know, one today, have hand some out to your friends, maybe have one tonight, you know, like have some sense of balance, because we talk about that all the time with food in the home. And my youngest just that part didn't that synapse didn't connect in the brain like she she didn't and and she actually was a little teary yeah because she could see she in my didn't eyes think she was she did not think she, she was, was doing, doing anything, anything wrong. wrong and then she saw your immediate reaction right. And she was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? She did. It was like she was really trying – she does this thing where she tries to hold back tears. And it, I, I didn't even – there was no yelling. It was just she could tell I was not happy. But your self-awareness, you you know, your reaction, your heartfelt quick reaction is like, oh, my God, how, why yes. did you do this? I was like, oh, my gosh. And then you caught yourself, yes. you know, a second, five seconds, however many seconds later saying – 
I played a role in this. Yes. And that's what this is all about. Well, and I love that she had the space and the ability to say, but mom, you said this was mine. And instead of me, you know, saying you knew better, you should have known better. She really thought that that was hers to eat whenever she wanted at, you know, she could eat them all in one sitting if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I, after I took a breath and we actually laughed, you, were you up there with me or did I no, tell you? I think you told okay, me about Cause it. I kind of started laughing and I said, you know what? I did say these were yours, but what I thought you'd do is have them over time. Right. Like I thought maybe you'd, you know, we'd put them in your lunch and she said, I didn't know that. And I said, I realized that. Yeah. And so we kind of, I talked about, you know, like, how does your stomach feel after eating all those? And she's like, I feel great. Like <laughs> that didn't Darn really, right. you yeah. just ate a bunch of candy. Yeah. Putting her back in tune with her body didn't help support my position because she felt great. But she, you know, then I said, well, can I take the, these last two and we'll put them downstairs so you can have them later? And she said, sure. So there was no really big upheaval. But I think sometimes as adults, we assume that our kids know what we mean. I'll give you a great example, Todd. Can I go into sure, another go one? go ahead. It was, as long as you're okay with it being at the expense of the relevance thing. The resilience? The resilience. Sure, that's fine. Okay, go ahead. So a couple weeks ago, I did a presentation. And a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, everything you're saying is great. Great. It's great. But my kids don't listen to me and they won't listen to me. And I'll give you an example of how they don't listen to me. She said, I was in the bathroom and my sons, I think she said they were twins or, or maybe one was a little older than the other, actually. She said, I told them to stay outside the bathroom door. And she said, and I was in there. I don't know if she said she was in there a long time, but there was a line, whatever. She said, when I got out, they were not there. And when I walked to the car, they were at the car. And I was furious because how could they leave? I told them not to leave. I can't believe they went into a parking lot. And I go, well, what did your son say? And she said, they were worried about me. They didn't know where I was. And so they assumed I'd be at the car. Can Mm. you believe that? Mm -hmm. And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I can. And I actually think that was quite thoughtful Yeah. Of the older son to say, I'm not sure where mom is. Maybe we missed her at the door. Where would mom go next to the car? And I... I, I, the reason I tell this story is, is that the best outcome? No. Like you would still want to explain to your son, please don't leave. Yeah. I will come Set back. Set up the rules. Or- but can you see from his perspective, which she was able to do, this woman was great. She had a laugh about it and said, I didn't even look at mm-hmm. it that way, that he was actually using his tools. Yeah. He was actually thinking, if she's not here, where would she be? She was. He was holding his younger brother's hand. You know, like that's – instead of reaming them – because we were afraid, we say, "Tell me how you got here." Well, that's exactly right. It's about um, it's about having enough mindfulness to be able to try to understand the perspective of whoever of you're about child. to get mad at. Yes, or anybody. You're right. Or anybody. So try to understand, Skylar. Why did you? If we can understand why she ate a whole bunch of Hershey Kisses, it's because her mom said these are yours. Yes, and, but it takes a little bit of space to be able to look at it from those eyes. Because if we already look at the world as if we never get our way, nobody listens to me, nobody respects me, if that is our internal mindset, Mm -hmm. if that's how we view the world, then anything our kids do, we're going to take as offensive. If we are already dealing with our own childhood wounds of nobody listened to me, nobody validated me, then anything your kids do, you are going to see as a reflection of that inner dialogue. And so we, you understand why we have to get ourselves, um, in a place where we are self-loving and self-compassionate. That's what this show is all about. Because if we are self-loving and self-compassionate, we see our children through those eyes. And we can create the space, as Todd just said, to ask, 
how'd you get out here to this car? I was really worried. You can still, you know, so then the comment always is, well, should I just let them go out there? Well, A, they're already out there. So B is how do you handle it once they're out there? Can you use it as a teachable moment? Right, exactly. Can you say, listen, I understand why you got here. And actually, that was pretty good thinking on your part. But next time, could you maybe knock on the door? Can you trust that I will be right out? Give give them more tools. Give them more tools. It is a learning experience for them. Um, moving on. Okay. Um, Justin Forsett is a running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Okay. And there was something I clicked on. It says, Justin, Justin Forsett rushes to hospital. And what happened was his wife was going to, let's see, according to social media accounts, Forsett and his wife were going to attend a Lauren Hill concert in Washington nice. on Valentine's Day before their plans unexpectedly change. So she went into labor, right? Okay. So I'm like, I'm waiting for like this big dramatic finish. But all it says is Forsett was able to get his wife to the birthing center where his son Zion was born in a matter of hours. Nice. Well, I say that because we had an interesting rush to the hospital story <laughs> and it wasn't hours it was minutes <laughs> so i i think if i was a running back for the ravens and i told my story about how skyler was born it would supersede justin <laughs> Forsett because a couple hours is no big deal kathy literally pushed once and skyler came out <laughs> I don't know if it was more than two minutes upon arrival to the emergency room. But I already gave birth to her in the car. She was she halfway was, out. She was born. Her head was out. Yeah. So really That's, all I did. Bottom line is our story is cooler than Justin <laughs> Forsett's. That's all I'm saying. And I like Justin Forsett, and I'm sorry I traded him in my fantasy football league, but I ended up winning the league anyways. Well, why don't you email him and tell him that we win? Yes. Say my story is better. My ego wins. Um, I forgot all about my money thing, so I'm going to say it real quick. Okay. If anybody's listened to any of my money things in the last um, few weeks, this is the time where you press pause and you get your uh, money manager of the family to listen. Okay? Or maybe it's you. And this is, Or maybe it's you. So I'm reading this book by Tony Robbins called Money Master the Game, and he talks about a website called Personal Fund. Dot com. Okay. And it's a way to uh, – uh, what we talked about a few weeks ago is how the uh, fees that go into mutual funds really inhibits your ability to create wealth quickly, okay? So at personalfund.com, it's a free website and um, my personal story is I had about $5,000 in a um, mutual fund from like 12 years ago, and I've never moved it into an index fund, okay? So what this website does is you just put in the letters of that mutual fund, and it tells you how much it costs to run the fund. So my, uh, so the the, uh, mutual fund that I have is called, it's the ticker is SHTCX, and I just plugged it in, and it says that after transaction costs, fund management, uh, let me see what else it says, uh, fund distribution, uh, taxes you pay for holding the fund. It kind of builds all that in. It's a 6.48% fee for it, okay? Okay. And right underneath that, it gives you other index funds you could use instead of the mutual fund you chose. Oh, interesting. So instead of 6.48%, there's something called an IPK. An IPK is um, the exact same fund, but it's in an index instead of men or women picking these funds. And instead of paying 6.48%, you pay 0.8%, okay? Okay. So what does this mean in real dollars? I have no idea. What this means in real dollars is if we let 
So what I'm going to do, literally, in our Ameritrade account, okay. is I'm going to switch it over from this mutual fund into this index fund because what this would mean is after 10 years, let's say we get a certain amount of uh, appreciation, if I kept it in this in, in this mutual fund, we would only have $12,000 in it. But if I moved it over to this index fund, we'd have over $20,000 in it. Over 10 years, that's an $8,000 difference. So we as consumers are brainwashed thinking that mutual funds are the way to go. I remember it was big in the 80s and the 90s, and I shame on me for still having money in a mutual fund. All we have to do is move it over to an index fund, and you can end up getting so much more money for doing no more work. Nice. Your eyes are literally glazed over. <laughs> I'm, it's you... You are so good at talking about it, and I but know you're speaking how with passion. How good can I be if if I lose you? You didn't lose me. I heard everything you said. I, I'm glad, but you by look by observing your eyes, you literally. Honey, what if I just went into this big thing about what's something you don't care about that I like? Um, um like I don't know. People um, magazine? Yeah. What if I just went into all this stuff about all the entertainment magazines I read or this, you know, this actor or this movie? Well, see, you would like that. Um, I'm trying to think of something. There's plenty of things I read about that bores you. But, but you, I, it's not that it's not important. I don't want you to think I don't value what you're saying. I just have nothing to add. It's not interesting to me. It's important. Isn't it interesting to you that we're now going to be $8,000 wealthier in 10 years for this simple little exercise that I just explained? I mean, I think it's great, but is it interesting to me? Here's the deal. It's a trip to Hawaii. Would you like to have a trip to Hawaii in 10 years? Sure. The only way to do it is to listen to my advice, which is go to personalfund.com and get your money out of mutual funds. And I'm sure I'm going to have some mutual fund managers that hate me for saying this, right. but I'm okay with that okay. and move it into an index I think fund. you should just do another podcast since we have this studio in our basement called Zen Finances. And you can just every week give a 15 minute This example. is my trial period to that. Okay. I like it. I like it because you're smart. Todd taught my college class last week about finances and they loved him. Good kids. Yeah, they I loved him. I talked to them about beer. You did. He tried to relate to them on their level in a wonderful way. How to save money on beer. Yeah. we They were saying that when they go out, beer is $6 each. $6 for a beer. And we were we started saying how when we got to uh, Drake University, our, our bar was called Peggy's and that cups of beer and the little plastic cups were 10 cents. Yeah. And they didn't believe us. They didn't believe us. They didn't. I mean, that sounds like pre-depression era stories. That sounds but that's like the our truth. Parents. It's a truth. And then by the time I was a sophomore or junior, it was 25. I think- Maybe the cups got heavier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They got happened. better solo cups. All right. So we're going to wind down here because we are about- Or wind up. Wind it up. Um, so the first thing is if there's anybody out there that knows of somebody who's an expert at social media for podcasting, we are currently looking into the possibility of, um, having somebody help us with that. Yeah. You know, mostly just because, I mean, I feel like Twitter and Facebook, Todd and I are fine, but all these other things, Instagram, Pinterest, we have those accounts, but man, this is time consuming stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just want someone to tell me how to do it and not tell me how important it is. I already got that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give me the background of it. We know it's important. important. I just want someone to say, click here, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. I got a lot of different entries, but I'm only going to choose one. one. 
Um, Fox rental car, sweetie. Yeah. Um, we went to LA yeah. and you rented a car. Yeah. And how long did you have to wait before getting your car? I waited an hour, and, which was pretty funny. And how good was, how accurate was the car that you reserved versus the one you got? I didn't end up getting the car I reserved. I felt like Jerry Seinfeld where I said... Anybody could take reservations. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And it was funny. I was in such a good mood when I got to L.A. and I really didn't have to be anywhere Thursday night. So they they said, "Okay, you're all set. Just go to this back room and get your car. And I walked to the back room and they go, "Okay, go stand over there and your car will be there in a second. And I was just so happy to be there that I didn't realize I was like the only person standing there and everyone else was getting cars. And then they finally came up to me and said, oh, you know what? We don't have that car. And I said, well, didn't you know that? Like. I was very kind. I really was not in a bad mood. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservation. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. (laughs) If you did, I'd have a car. (laughs) See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. I was Jerry. So um, I tried to call Fox Rental Car about five times last week, the phone number, the 800 number on the receipt to complain and try to get some money back because we wanted a convertible. We were in California. We decided to treat ourselves to something nice. We saved money in another area just so we could get, because Todd and I like to ride in convertibles. And I ended up getting a sports car that he said was an upgrade, but I couldn't see a damn thing. Yeah, a lot of blind spots. A lot of blind spots. So I called the number like four times last week. So now I'm currently um, trying to attack it via the email. (laughs) Oh, and look, I finally am on this on online chat with this person. So You are. Well, and what was funny is they would say, you're the next person yeah. that we're going to talk to. It was totally like that Friends episode with yeah. Phoebe where she's on the phone and they're like, you're next. And you end up holding on for another 30 minutes because you think you're next, I but know. you're not. Um, so what else do you want to promote, sweetie? Um, okay. So I have my book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. The Power of Self-Aware Parenting, you can get that on my website or on Amazon, kathycadams.com. My other two books are there too, The Self-Aware Parent and The Self-Aware Parent 2. I also, uh, obviously the movie, The Mask You Live In. Um, What was that? Sorry, that's Fox Rental Car. (laughs) Um, They're finally getting in touch with you. It's the universe because we're talking about them. That's right, finally. Um, And I'm also, I'm speaking at uh, St. Pat's Church in Chicago. And that's open to the public, actually, is I think what she said. So I will give you the date on that. I think it's March 1st. Is that on our website or no? No, I will put it up there. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a question and answer kind of thing. Good. So I'll give you that information. We have we have things that are kind of public and they're kind of not. So it's always hard to, to know if I should promote it. Don't forget about um, our hats. Yes, B-U-Z-P-R hats. They're Which, awesome and warm. Yes, they are. And then our last partner is uh, Avid Company, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and uh-huh. he's very good at what he does, which is painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, number 630-956-1800, and it's avidco.net. Um, and I think that's about all I have, sweetie. All right. Um, words of wisdom? Um, I think that my words of wisdom will be, I don't know. I didn't write anything down today. Sweetie, that's pretty weak. I know. Well, you know what? I was going to start bringing stuff and I forget. I walk downstairs and I always forget. I mean, you know, my favorite quote, do you want me to just give my favorite quote? Sure. 
One of my favorites is Joseph Campbell, the privilege, the, <laughs> the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And I think that's really the basis of this show too, is understanding that you're supposed to be exactly who you are and you're supposed to appreciate who you are. And if you do that and you find meaning in who you are, life is really good. Otherwise summarized by me by saying, keep on trucking. Keep trucking, everybody. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you.